Hey, hey, everybody, it is Tim Gillette, and we are back here with another Tim Gillette show. I know the name, the show's named after me, but I'm telling you, this show is not about me. It's about the coolest people on the planet. I want to interview them because they're doing cool things. They're actually, they're entrepreneurs. They're, they're, they're business owners. They're business, uh, you know, transformation people. Some of them even own like weird things like, you know, charities and, and, and for whatever those prop nonprofit things are because they want to help the world, but they still are cool, innovative people. Today's guest is no different, all right? Anyway, the person who's got the name of their company that says do well, has got to be some cool story behind this. I don't even know the story. I'm going to find out just like you live on air. So let me bring up Valerie here today. We're going to have a nice little conversation with her and see what's up. Hey, Valerie, how are you? Pretty good. Hi, Tim. Hey. So where, where are you calling in from, Valerie? I don't even know where you live. I'm in Kingston, Canada. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of Canadians all of a sudden. I mean, a lot of them Canadians want to come down here to Texas all of a sudden. <laughs> That's because of the nice temperature. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's uh, it's so good to find people, though, who are doing things. And now with our show, we're able to connect with people in Canada. Uh, Canada. I've had, you know, New Zealand, Australia, you know, Italy on, on the podcast, and it blows my mind that people are going, well, yeah, Tim, I know you got an American audience, but I want to reach out to them. <laughs> I do. So, yeah. I do, because well, my audience is worldwide. Oh, your audience is worldwide. What What are some far-reaching countries, Valerie, that you're, get, you're getting to through this pandemic and everything? India. India. New Zealand. Wow. Uh, Australia. Uh, Netherlands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yeah, some in Africa also. All right, all right. So I, I got to ask this because I've had some meetings to where basically they've had to really work their schedule in because like, you know, it's the middle of the night over there and they want to have a meeting with me and like, you know, okay, this is your office hours. I get it. I'll, I'll get up in the middle of the night to meet with you. How many of them have happened to you where it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I really want to meet with you, Valerie. So I'll get up at 2 a.m. to do it. Oh, that's not too bad. So what we did is we did it either at the end of my day. So the beginning yeah. of their day or the opposite. So around seven or six, depending mm -hmm. of which AM or PM. Uh, now, I mean, my, one of my jobs I had early on in my, in my working career, it would have been like the 1980s, like my second full-time job. I worked for an Italian company. All right. And literally we were in Pennsylvania and our main offices were Milan, Italy. And um, I remember like making a phone call over to the head corporation to, to, to get some parts or something I needed. And I can't remember what it was. And my boss going, uh, 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 to stop me because he knew the time frame. I had no clue. I was clueless <laughs> as to what it was. And like, I got a security guard in the middle of the night. <laughs> That's um, funny. But, but it was a coffee packaging company. So we're all talking about coffee. I'm like, well, have you had your coffee yet? And he goes, yeah. I said, okay, yes, we're, we're in the coffee business. So That's good. I got I my like the, the, the interesting things, and I know the pandemic has made me aware of time zones. I got to tell you that. I did not think much about them until the, the pandemic. I mean, I knew about them, but I never thought much about them until the pandemic when I now had to coordinate across timelines and zones and continents and all that stuff. So, yeah. But, um, well, you know, interesting. What is the the furthest away that you've actually traveled before the pandemic to speak or to do, do business? Uh, in the state, 
and otherwise it was mainly in Canada. You uh, also a couple time in the state, yeah. Okay. What what states have you come to down here? Uh, Maryland, New York, mainly those two uh, okay. for work. I I yeah. visit others for pleasure, but that's different. Well, no, yeah, I was gonna say, don't visit those two for pleasure. All right. <laughs> I'm a Texan. New York, nah. I, I grew up up there. New York, nah. So, and like one of my best friends is from Long Island, and uh, his parents are here in town uh, this week. And I, I mean, sitting to visit with them, and I mean, they're, his parents are still living Long Island. Still, their childhood home. They still his childhood home. They still live in it. And I still always pick on her because I grew up across the river, uh, you know, in, in the Pennsylvania. So I always pick on her, and I go, yeah, but you know, real people move to Texas. They get out of the Northeast. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, what, and what part of Canada are you in or, and which, which time zone? It's in Ontario. That's her province. Okay. And it's EST time zone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the same as um, New York. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, you're not that far. So like I grew up, uh, the Pocono mountains of Pennsylvania. All right. And my grandfather had a cabin up in Canada. I want to say it was in Quebec. I, I, I was there as, as a kid. The last time I ever visited was 1978. My brother was there through the 80s and 90s, but I haven't been there since the 70s. And I know my, my uncle has since sold it. So, but like, that's my only visit out of the country. Okay. <laughs> we came from Quebec province. So that's oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so, so what prompted you to come up with this website? I mean, I looked at this website and I, and I, I have the tab and all the tab says is do well. What, what prompted this? I got to know the story. We want that people do well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we help people that suffer from trauma. Mm. And we help them in a really original way that I'm the only one doing it. It's through decluttering and organizing. So do well has a couple meaning. There's the fact of doing well, and there's decluttering and organizing well. Okay. Uh, it, it sounds like something that I've been doing anyway, but I mean, yeah, I'm sure like, you know, I need somebody to kick me in the butt, but this pandemic has caused me to organize a lot more, a Good. lot more. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's just it, to get rid of the, the clutter of my office, which was causing the clutter in my mind, which was causing me not to get the content out, which was causing me not to get clients. So I'm like, I, I backed it all the way around. I went, okay. You know, it all comes down to dude, uh, you know, vacuum your office floor once a week, will you? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? For the pandemic, uh, what happened is mostly the inverse of okay. your behavior. So people are stuck at home. Mm -hmm. uh, kids are there. Sometimes the elder generation is there too. So it makes a lot of people in the same house that do all their activity there now instead of going out. So there's more craft, there's more activity at home, more cooking, more all of these things. And there's not those period of time where the adult is often there and the kids are not there to kind of wrap up the chores. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So people start having accumulation. Well, um, it, but I mean, that made me think about it. All right. Before the pandemic, were you working from home too or, or did you go into an office? Me, I was working from home. Yeah, I've, I've, I've personally worked from home for 11 years now, almost 12 years now. So, um, and, and yeah, it, to me, it was, it, it was nothing different, you know, other than, uh, you know, I, I now am like starving to go out for Starbucks just to get out of the house now, because literally, uh, we're here, 
Now, my wife and I were working from home for a while at the beginning of the pandemic. She officed downstairs and we have a condo that's like this, one of these high ceiling condos into a second floor balcony where my office is. And for us, it was the just, you know, I mean, our kids are grown, but it was the noise of two people who were always on the phone. You know what I mean? Yes. Was that was our biggest struggle into it was we're two people who talk and we're two people who talk rather loud. <laughs> and, and, and it was just the, the noise of dealing with it. But then we did get stressed and wanted to go out. I mean, as soon as we could go out, I mean, I remember the first like trip we took, we're like, oh, yes, we're getting in the car and disappearing for two days. Yeah. Type stuff. Wow. We're not there yet in Canada. Oh, so, wow. I didn't, I didn't think about that. I'm yeah. used to here in Texas. Where I, I, I'm yeah, thinking no, the whole world revolves it. around Texas. So you got to forgive me for that. That's okay. <laughs> but at the beginning of the pandemic, what happened is uh, me and my husband were sharing the same office. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was like that before the pandemic too. But mm -hmm. as we went more on Zoom and more recording, then I kind of let him the office and go more in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Because I have a sight of everything's going on in the house at that point. <laughs> I'm uh, coming in the office when it's time to record, but otherwise I utilize the main level and I'm near to mm -hmm. the patient door. So that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, now, yeah. My, now my wife has gone back into the office and, you know what I mean, for months. And then she switched jobs throughout the pandemic too and went into it and started with a new company. But uh, both of us traveled before the pandemic a lot. Like, you know, I was traveling to speak. She was traveling to, to open new stores, all right, and, and make sales calls. You know, were you guys ever doing any traveling that, like, you know, that was heavy as part of your regular schedule? Or was, you know, you 90% home? Or what was the percentage home versus out? 90% home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the last, I'll say, two years. Okay. Wow. <laughs> the years before the pandemic is the moment where my husband uh, get out of the military. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he been home since then, working with me on the business. Okay, okay. So this is when we had our big shift. Before that, it was it can be post for a couple months, and it was completely different. Okay. So uh, now he's helping you with your business. Like you started the business, and he like left the military and says, "Okay, let me just help you with this." Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I was actually talking with a friend oh, of mine, an, an, an actress friend of mine in, in, in Austin yesterday, where we were both talking about how our spouses are like um, are like skyrocketing and what they're doing right now. And we're sitting there going, you know, technically, we, you know, we, we just stop and become our, our spouse's assistants. Um, and it's like, yeah, but the two of us would like it would it would cripple us. That's our whole creative being is in what we do. <laughs> yeah, no, I will say that we're pretty on the same level. Oh, okay. My, he's not my assistant. I'm not his assistant. Is mm -hmm. we kind of split the hat in the business, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we're going through like that, and it's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. I was gonna say, not one of you. One is one of you like the creator, and one of you the organizer. Or like that's that me and my wife. All right, now, or or are you both creatives or what? Both creative, and we split the different like operation versus marketing or finance versus uh, executive function. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm just curious since you work from home, my wife and I work, you know, I work from home. My wife now goes out, uh, you know, who does the laundry? <laughs> we don't do the laundry anymore. You, you, well, you, you just stop doing it or you just pay somebody to do it. I, I gotta ask that. All right. That's a, that's a loaded question there. <laughs> We decided to send the laundry to somewhere close to here. 
yeah. on one day so we can focus on our work and do what we are best as and somebody can profit from these revenue yeah yeah we 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 i have like a set schedule like it's 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 weird like it's because i need a break from my office i walk downstairs and like i throw laundry in like on fridays i i tear the bed down and that's just part of my routine was doing that and i found that so often couples who are working from home that they don't have the old fashioned um you know what i mean men do this, women do this. It's no, okay. We, we kind of divide the jobs up and one does one, one does the other. And, and it just gets done now. All right. Are you, you finding that with your clientele, even through this pandemic, people are going, Hey, let's just divide up the, and get the work done. Oh, totally. That's really important. Mm -hmm. And it's important to make it as an habit, like you just specified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, in doing that, all right. It's, it, you know, I, I never thought like when, I mean, for years I was working out and I always had like shops or offsite businesses and never thought about that. I, I remember in the early 2000s, I had a lady who used to clean my one bedroom apartment and do my laundry once a week because I, literally I was off working all the time. I was single and like that was the best $50 a week I spent because it was one less headache off my plate and I always had a clean house to live in. But anyway, in our world now, all right, so many of us are stuck at home and a lot of people have found it hard to get this kind of help, all right, because a lot of people are not going out to get that business and going to someone's house to clean it. Have you found that to be a problem, especially in Canada where you guys are still kind of locked down? So before the, before the lockdown, we were going in home helping people. Yeah, yeah. So doing physical decluttering with them. Okay. With the pandemic, this is done. I do it with Zoom with some client, but it's not every client that is ready to do that on Zoom. Oh, oh. so do you have a, a classes or do you have like um, programs that they can kind of walk through to do some of it themselves or are you all in there in the consulting phase from point A to point B or point well, C? I have different program. So uh -huh, uh -huh. Mainly people arrive on my website and they listen to a free webinar that I have yeah. that explain like the link between trauma and clutter, because a lot of people are not aware of that link. Okay. And from there, we start working on four dimension. So okay. we declutter four dimension. Okay. We declutter the stress first, okay. then the mind, then the time, and we finish by the space. Wow. So everybody start by decluttering the stress. And that is really, really fundamental. Uh -huh. Because people that I'm dealing with, uh, they have different level of stress. But often when you suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, there's an issue with stress. So what happened is the stress hormone in the brain is released too much. So we need to reduce that to be able to have them work on something else mm -hmm. up to when they are able to manage that. If we start with the space, it will come back. The clutter will just come back. It won't be the clutter for good. Like, you know, you empty the garage in the fall and first thing you know, in the spring, it's full again. This is kind of things that we see. That explains a lot in my life right there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really important to start by reducing the stress. And okay. the other thing okay. is sometimes, you know, 
when you declutter physically and you're in touch with some object, you have some memories, some memorabilia and some souvenir coming in your mind, you know, or stories. It's my grandma who gave it to, to us at our wedding, or it's my child who draw that for me, or, you know, all those idea that came when you declutter are often the reason why people put decluttering aside and they say, okay, I stopped for today, I'll do that another day. But if well, they're able to deal with the stress before that, they yeah. won't have a flashback, for example. Oh, well, I find it's like there's stuff that we've we've kept in our house. I, I have a car here because it was my dad's uh, and I got it for my dad. All right. But I have it in my office because it was my dad's. Uh, my dad had a bunch of other stuff, but I refused to give away. I got rid of all the other ones because it didn't matter to me because that one mattered to me and dad. So I kept it. Yeah. All right. But there was things that I had in like, you know, when I look at my paperwork, I don't want to show you what's on camera over here of paperwork. All right. That uh, I, I was hiring a girl before the pandemic to try to organize it all for me. And due to the pandemic, she couldn't come over it once a week to help get it down. So it has grown again. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hear but you. That's, that, that, that's where I probably see that idea. But but that's related to my business. All right. That's organization related to business. And it's just not organized in files. It's sitting in stacks and envelopes on top of a desk. <laughs> yeah. It's like the mail, you know, it's often mm -hmm. stuck on the countertop in the kitchen with uh, the publicity that we receive and all of that, you know. <laughs> so so I got to tell you this with mail. All right. This is something my coach has me doing. All right. You, you ever noticed in the mail that some of these things that come to you have a self-addressed self stamped envelope, all right, already prepaid, no post is necessary if mailed in the United States. You've heard of those, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. You collect them. No, 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 no. I have a stack here. When it gets to be so many... I have this letter that I print out. I put the letter into it and drop them all in the mailbox. It's a okay. marketing letter that I send <laughs> and it's, it's postage paid. So like some guys at like a credit card factory or a credit card opening up all these applications, he opens up and like this thing is, do you hate your job? Maybe you should have an online. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tip. My coach taught me that one and I've been, I've been doing it for a while because they just stopped coming. And he said, maybe if we keep doing it, they'll realize to stop sending us junk mail. So, <laughs> um, anyway, I, I know people who do everything they can to get even with them. And I'm like, I'm not going to get even with them. I'm just going to market to them. They gave me the tools to market to them. All I have to do is print out an, a, a letter and send it back to them. But like the mail in the kitchen, like I bring it in. And if it's stuff that's not related to me or it's not one of them, I leave it on the counter and it could be weeks before my wife will open it. Everything yeah. in our world is like our, our bills are automated. Our bills are coming with our bank account. All right. We just tie it together. We don't have to open a, a, a bill anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, because they're organized. But there's still a lot of. of people that are refusing to be online with their bill. Yeah. And those bills are piling up on their, their countertop. Yeah. Do you know well, that there's approximately $30 per month that people pay in late bills fees? Really? In the U.S., that's the average, $30 per month minimum. Uh, you know, I never really thought, and thought about that. I mean, I, I remember paying those late fees when I was broke and couldn't afford to pay the bill. So, I, you know, I mailed the check to the wrong people. Then they'd all mail them back and I'd have to mail them back out. And by then I had the money in the bank account to cover the bill. Yeah. Not, none of you can relate to that. Yeah. Um, 
how many of your people though, uh, the people you're helping are in that shoes? All right. Well, they're behind. So let me just delay this uh, because I don't have any, I don't have any money to pay it. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot. Yeah. Are, are they coming to you? All right. And are you finding that there's something down the line, like stress related, they've got to fix first to get this problem fixed? Yes. Yeah. It, it's please always enlighten me, please enlighten me on it because I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's always start with stress because when you're too stressed, your brain do not receive the right amount of oxygen. Mm. So that's the way when we are on flight or fight response, our brain doesn't think anymore. It's what we call a reptilian brain that is thinking. So the part of our brain where we take decision and when we plan things are just not working. So mm -hmm. that's why we always need to reduce the level of stress, then empower the decision taking. Wow. Wow. That I, I'm sorry, when we get back to stress like this now, I mean, we've circled back around to it twice. All right. And I, I just that it, that sounds like a very important part to getting people to go uh, to go into fixing some of these problems. Yes, so, it is. Um, well, well I, Valerie, I want to I want I want to turn turn uh, you know a different angle here at this and come at it. What caused you guys to get involved with this? Was there stress in your lives, or was there something in your life to go, hey, I need to fix this for for us before I and and that made you go out and fix it for the world? Yes, totally. Oh. So unfortunately, when I grew up, I was child abuse. Oh, and I realized that I was approximately the age of 11 when I realized that it was not right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And by the time I get out of it, I was young adult. So from there, I could start my journey to heal. But the doctor were recommending me things, but nothing was working. This therapy, this other kind of therapy, this medication, EMDR, whatever the tools. It was touching one point, but it was never bringing me up to the end of say, okay, I'm done with my trauma. So what happened once is my mom came home and she told me, Val, are you cooking for an army? And I was wondering what she was saying because my husband was doing his training as military officer at that time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when she left, I opened the pantry and I had like 50 pounds of pasta. 20 can of peaches and maybe 20 pounds of flowers. Mm. And I look around and my kids has more toys than the daycare. Wow. So I was not diagnosed as a hoarder because this is a diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. And we were able to circulate in my house. And it's just that all my cupboards and my closet and my storage room were so well packed that you cannot add an eraser in it. Wow. So I had a lot of stuff. And when my husband came back that night, he told me, you know, honey, I will be posed for a couple months and then we need to move. So the wow. movers came and say, you know what? We cannot move all that stuff. It's too much. Mm. So I was faced to decluttering at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. But that was a blessing. Because when I start that decluttering process, I was able to get in touch with my emotion. Things that I was disconnected with since years, if I even been really connected to, you know? So learning what is anger, learning what is sadness, learning what is happiness, learning what is laughing, all came with the decluttering. Wow. 
So after that, we were able to move and all of this. And I decided to become to become a homestager. And homestager, what they do is they help people that want to move by helping them place the things at the right place. But the problem is people often don't know how to declutter before arriving at that step. Mm. So I, I decided to do my professional organizing course. So this is the course that helped people declutter mm -hmm. and organize their place. Okay. And I start working with clients and after a while, maybe 95 to 98% of my clients were telling me stories about trauma. Wow. So I came back home and I told my husband, there's something. I had trauma and I had clutter and all my clients are telling me that. So we dig the internet and the library at that time too. Yeah. And we find out that there were some studies made that link trauma and clutter together. Wow. There's really a link and it's in the brain. It's the way the brain is working and the way the brain is affected when you get a trauma. So it's not the fault of the person having the trauma if clutter accumulate. Okay. It's not because they're lazy. It's not because they're too tired. It's just the brain function differently. So it's more difficult to get up and put something in the garbage. And it's more difficult when you enter home with shopping bags to put the item away instead of letting the bags in the entrance. Mm. So then clutter accumulates. Wow. So now, that was really eye-opening. And this is the day I said, me and my husband, he was military at that time, we say we want to help people that suffer with trauma. We want yeah. to help them recover faster than I did. That is a, a phenomenal story. I mean, like, like that's a, uh, like a huge eye-opener to go, okay, not only did I find my niche, all right, but I healed myself in finding my niche and now I can help others yeah. heal, yeah. which is my new niche. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I'm not approaching it with a therapy perspective. I'm not approaching it with a doctor perspective. It's really yeah. a unique approach that worked for me. And the way the brain is working, it worked with all my clients pretty well. Wow. So I, I take it then that, that that most of the people who come to you are attracted to this very same thing. Like, I mean, this is the problem I have. And that's why they find you as opposed to, hey, I just got clutter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So And I, we I, really try to, send, to make people know and be aware that when you have trauma, don't be shy of the clutter. There's a reason why it's there. And we wow. can solve your trauma by solving the clutter. Wow. That, that's that's huge and impactful. So, uh, you know, uh, I mean, were you in a, another career or something before this? Or was this like just the thing you started doing right out of school? Uh, no, I studied in occupational therapy. Okay. So I was working with people with special needs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we adopted children with special needs and being foster care family also with for, for special needs kids. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. I was so, mom at home during that period of time, and now they are grown up, so I started to work. Okay. Uh, you know, when, you know when, when, how old were your kids when you were starting this? Uh, they were around teenagers. Okay, okay. Around that. that yeah, that age where they're getting their own clutter in their head. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Um, well, you know, I, I find it, you know, I find it interesting and everything. And, you know, one of the places I always like to do is, is, is when I'm dissecting these stories on my podcast is kind of go back in this and go, all right, now you dealt with trauma as a young child. All right. And had to grow through this, um, in your home life. All right. Did, did any of your, you know, any other siblings or any other, anybody else in your family deal with trauma as well, the same similar trauma and abuse, or was it just you? That I prefer to not answer okay. because it's not all of my family that want to be on the public place. Okay. Okay. So I respect their choice. Okay, cool. Um, but it's something you chose to go heal. And that's, that's the main thing is that you actually chose yeah. to go, okay, this is a problem for me. Uh, it may not be my mother, brother, aunt, sister, but it's my problem and I got to fix my problem. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Which takes me to another step that I want to ask is growing up. All right. In the, in the early, uh, in the mid eighties, uh, when I was about 21 years old, I had a job that I worked that a boss gave me. Um, he gave me like job advice, which turned out to be life advice for me. And that thing was, is just run this, run this company, run this job like you own it, which granted me to take ownership of everything I do in my life. Was mm -hmm. there someone who gave you a, maybe a piece of life advice? All right. Maybe it's similar to this because it sounded like you took ownership of your life. All right. You know, uh, it was a, it was a piece of advice to do a job, but you turned it into life advice and it's carried you. True. I can say that both my parents gave me a lot of life advice, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. both of them. And I can thank them for that. Yeah. They really opened. Um, you, you, uh, are, are your parents still with us? All right. And are you close or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. My, my mom's close. My dad has passed. My mom's close. She lives in the same community as me. As a matter of fact, she's working in our place today because her air conditioning's out. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, even though I didn't live close to my parents in most of my adult years, I lived further away. I, I moved to Texas, uh, in, in my early thirties, uh, away from my parents but still very, very close to my parents, even though I don't, I didn't call them on the phone every day. Now I talk to mom every day because she lives close, but uh, you know, it, there's so many things now that I'm glad I got my mom around that it, it, it is, you know what I mean? It makes a close relationship. Um, the uh, other, other family members. All right. Did you guys have like the big family reunion stuff like that? Like, you know, our family, we had huge family reunion type stuff, anything no. like that, your family or, or no. No, in my family, it was more like wedding funerals, uh, anniversary, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometime Christmas, but other than that, not huge, huge reunion. Oh, I know okay. some family does, but it was not like that in her family. Okay, cool. Um, and, and do you, when you're working in your business today and dealing with people's trauma, dealing with people, all right, going through this process, do you still dip back into your life 10, 20, 30 years ago and go, oh my God, uh, that's a trauma piece I still got to work on? Uh, not in that way. I will go in my experience to find the words to be able to have that person in front of me understand what is going on and how to help her mm -hmm. or him, but not, not to put me down in my trauma back. Yeah. So at the beginning, I was having difficulty because I started helping others while I was just finishing healing. So at the beginning, the separation between the two was a bit more hard, but now mm -hmm. it's really like I go in my experience, but I'm not down after a call or after a coaching. Yeah, yeah. 
for me, it was, I mean, for me, it was uh, uh, Valerie and helping my clients. For me, it was never, uh, by the time I was working and coaching and consulting, it was never, the stuff from the past was never dragging me down still. However, every now and then I went, well, yeah, that's how I got through that. And then I started applying it to a client type deal. So I was like, that's, that's the tie. I was wondering if you still had it. And till this day, I still tell stories in my speeches based on something I went through in 1979 oh, or something, you know? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we have tons of stories. <laughs> we love stories. Yeah. Well, stories, well, as they say, stories sell, facts only tell, you know? But yeah. <laughs> um, especially in speaking and being on podcasts. You know, I mean, you got to have sto stories. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I've connected uh, to many storytelling uh, teachers and speakers out there. Uh, one of them did this, this exercise at an event I was at in California, probably about three or four years ago. And he was talking about, you know what I mean? One of your life changing stories. And the exercise in the room was getting everybody to walk through their life changing story. And I, you know, and, and it was my, my friend from New York. It was him. He was hosting the event with another guy and the other guy's doing this exercise. And I get up and I'm like, leave me to go get coffee. And so is my friend. And he goes, aren't you going through this exercise? And I'm like, Craig, no, I, I've been through that exercise a million times in my life. I can tell you my life-changing story. And I, unlike you, I can tell it now without tearing up. In other words, it's still not emotionally dragging on me anymore. I've gotten past it, right? Yeah. And he goes, really? And I'm like, because he's still doing, he's still having a hard time telling his because it's still, the emotions are still there when he tells it. So I tell mine to him in like five minutes. He goes, wow. I says, now I can tell that in front of a room and put the emotions into it but it doesn't emotionally tug at my heart anymore like it's still a problem no it's it's a healed problem and i now understand how it developed into me yes totally and yeah. my speaking coach really tell me that you know you never go on stage if you are to really cry on stage yeah yeah so crying by the sense of being completely affected and down because you will bring the public down yeah, yeah, you can bring them emotionally talking about emotion, having them live emotion, but you need to be able to get out of it by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I made that mistake once. One of my seminars, oh gosh, it's got to be seven, eight years ago. Um, I was just getting in, I mean, it's just getting good with the set with the, with the three day seminars, and I'm doing a three day seminar, and my daughter always introduced me. All right, she's 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 in her 30s now, she's in her early 20s. And she was always the person I always wanted to teach her to be on stage and stuff. So she would introduce me. And this one conference, she didn't introduce me. There was a stretch of my time, all right, um, that I was homeless and sleeping on a friend's couch. That friend happened to be in town that weekend of my event. So she had him come and introduce me. And oh, I have it on videotape now where he basically says, you know, Tim tells you the story about Tim lived on a couch. Well, I owned the couch. <laughs> And I'm like that, you know, to me, it was like so great that I got to promote him because he helped me when I was down and like, I'm now promoting him and helping him out. Uh, and it was a cool thing, but uh, yeah, I was in tears. I, I I was in tears at the beginning of my seminar because <laughs> here this guy is who literally, you know, when I was down and out, this guy literally took me in and I, I shared a couch with his dogs anyway, <laughs> but well, I, I, this has been an interesting thing today, Valerie. All right, you got a very interesting story, very interesting concept, by the way. Uh, and it's so great you're actually helping people around the world with this, not just in Canada, but around the world. All right. Yeah. Um, some of the people who are on my website might want to reach out to you on this or on our show today might want to reach out. What is the best website 
that they can reach out to you to find out more? It's dowellht.com. Dowellht.com, yes. Cool, cool. Uh, so I guess the dowell.com probably wasn't available or? It wasn't available, but it's also for my last name and my husband's last name, the two letter at the end. Oh, okay. Are, are you still going to try to get do well? Uh, I'm not sure. So, so, so my brand is Simple Easy Marketing, and I still want $2,500 for, for that domain name. However, nobody else can use it because I own the trademark on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say go for the trademark on do well, so if somebody else owns it, they can't use it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, not that I'm mean or sneaky like that. <laughs> well, Valerie, it's been great having you on the show. But before you go, I have this wonderful little game I play with all of my guests called This or That. Okay. Let's you play. ready to play? Yeah. You knew this was coming, right? <laughs> um, so, Valerie, I got nine questions, two choices. You pick one that matters to you. Maybe we'll have a discussion around it. Maybe we won't. Maybe some of these will be like, uh, I don't want to talk about that. But, hey, I ask. We have fun, all right? It's a great, fun, uplifting way to end the podcast. So my first question, I ask everyone, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars, definitely. All right. Were you like the first version of Star Wars, or did you get in on the second version of Star Wars? All of them. All of them? All right, yeah. Mm, curious, all right. How about this, all right? In our world today... Of some people are wanting to listen to audio and podcasts. Are you an audio or a podcast listener, or do you still like to open a book and read it? You know what? I prefer to sit and write or meditate than both of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, do do you, you listen to many podcasts? Not a lot. Oh, wow. Not a lot. I always love it when I find people who don't listen to podcasts. So you're going to listen to this one from now on, right? Yes. <laughs> little bit of self-promotion there, Tim. Yeah, okay. Um, so you're a girl. Are you a heels girl or are you a boots girl? A boots girl. I love okay. my cowboy like, boots. Like cowboy boots. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I live in Texas. Cowboy boots. That's what I meant. <laughs> um, how about this one here? Food. To, food. I got a couple food questions. Next one being hamburger or taco? Hamburger. Hamburger. I'm a hamburger guy too. I love hamburgers. <laughs> My favorite, favorite food. Yeah. But um, real one. Huh? But real one. So, not, so not the fast food one. Okay. The so where do you, where's, where's a hamburger that you get that you like? That I get home. <laughs> oh, home now. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, no, I'm a hamburger guy, but I like this place called Smash Burger. My wife and I, or my mom and I go to a place all the time called uh, In-N-Out Burger, which is fast food, but we love that one. But there's a lot of different burgers here in Dallas that you can go to, and there's some fast food. Some of them are like just burger restaurants, right? And it's, it's so interesting. Um, I, 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 go ahead. There were a place in, uh, in Quebec province where we can have a caribou or moose hamburger that was so delicious yeah yeah we we have someone like that down here that has like lamb um buffalo uh i i don't think they have veal anymore but they've had other things there too which i i think they've had caribou as well uh it's called twisted root burger and yeah that's a place we go with my brother-in-law all the time so yeah and, and of course they have beer there so 
Uh, which takes us to my next question. Beer or wine? Neither. I'm allergic to all of them. Good. More for me. Uh, <laughs> how, about, how about coffee or tea to wake up your day? Coffee. Coffee? Yeah, I'm a coffee guy. I got to have coffee in the morning. So I, I know you're a northern girl. You probably don't do many barbecues like we do down here in the south, you know, in, in the United States. But if you go into a barbecue, all right, there's two sides. Which one do you prefer, potato salad or coleslaw? Steak. <laughs> okay, we'll we move do, on. We do a lot of barbecue. We even barbecue in the winter. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I've got a like a condo that I have this tiny backyard that I have this huge six burner grill outside my thing to, to do to do my ribs with. Yeah. Um, how about this? If you're going to the movies, uh, are you a person who gets popcorn or candy? Candy. Candy. What's your favorite candy at the movies? Chocolate. The chocolate, like the raisin. Wait a minute. The rate the chocolate raisinets or the chocolate like nuts. Almond. Or, almond. Huh? With the almond. Oh, chocolate and almonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. So my last two questions are the controversial ones that wars have been started over. Oh. But I'm going to ask them anyway. Okay. Let's see. In your house. Answers. Yeah, yeah. In your <laughs> house, does the toilet paper go over on the roll or under? Over. Over. All right. That That is like the question of questions on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, your husband is listening and he wants to know which one to go buy next, boxers or briefs? What? <laughs> I said, the last one, your husband is listening. He wants to know which one to go buy, boxers or briefs? The one he wants. <laughs> yeah, but he wants to know which one you prefer. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I prefer with not. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know. Valerie, it's been fun having you on the show today. All right. One more time, I want you to tell everybody the website that they can reach you if they need. And make sure you say it for the audio for the people who listen on audio only. Dowellht.com. Dowellht.com. Well, Valerie, I thank you so much for spending time out of your day coming here and being with my audience. It's, it's, it's been a privilege. Thank you. Okay. Uh, to you, the listener, I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. Go check out Valerie. I know many of you listen to this live today. All right. If you're listening on the replay, go check our website out. It is dowellht.com. Go check her out and go see what kind of unique things. And, and, and maybe you, you realize, like I did today, that, man, sometimes that reason we have that clutter is not necessarily the clutter is that not be cleaned, but sometimes it goes back to something else. Um, I'm Tim Gillette with The Tim Gillette Show. Do me a favor and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as where you get your podcasts. I will be back real soon with another great guest. All right. Another coolest person on the planet. In the meantime, guys, have a great day and I'll see you soon. Bye now.